Hi, this is Pastor Frank at Frank's Bible Study. This Bible study I make here on podcast is also found on Facebook as Frank's Bible Study. And I have videos there. And I want to invite you to both to continue listening to the podcast and also continue checking out my videos on Facebook. Appreciate the likes. I appreciate the views. It's just another way for me to preach the gospel, teach the gospel of Jesus Christ from the Old Testament. Okay. Now, what I want to do is go into this podcast specifically. The question I want to ask and what this podcast will be dedicated to is why are we Christians or why are we called Christians? Now, I know that the Bible says so, and they were first called Christians, I believe, in the book of Acts. Pretty sure. I have to fact check that. I believe that's Acts chapter 11. You're going to have to go and read that. Now, as far as the rest of it, and and if you just ask yourself, why, why am I called a Christian? Is it because we believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's the surface answer that you can give. But there's a you know much deeper reason for it. There's a technical reason, and there's a faith reason. There's a lot of different reasons, but the surface reason is because of Jesus Christ. Now, there are some things that I would like to introduce when asking this question, and it's not so much as so that you know, and it is for you to know, but it's mostly so that you can give an answer when asked this question. A lot of people don't think this deep or study this deep. I think it's important that you do. After this podcast, I hope you think differently when being asked a question like, why are you a Christian or why do you call yourself a Christian? And it is something I think that's worth studying, worth getting into. Now, what I have down here, and I did a quick study, and it's just an introduction to this question. And and so I don't necessarily want to do your study for you, but to give you a piggyback or a lift so that you can, you know, a head start so that you could actually study it yourself. This is something that I do. As a teacher, it's important to do this because it's your homework. It's your study. It's what you end up knowing, reiterating, witnessing, evangelizing for these types of questions and answers. It's kind of an apologetic, yes, but it's mostly for your faith. It's to give a reason. There are scriptures also for the reason uh, why we believe. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it tells us what, what exactly we do when we learn about Jesus Christ. And it's very important to be able to take your faith. And I'm not saying that you have to take your faith into places of the unknown, unless you're evangelizing, but your everyday walk Everything that you do, when you go to work, when you go to school, or when you go outside, take a walk, whatever is it that you do, be ready to give the answer, to give about what you hope for, what is your reason of faith, what's what's the point of you taking on this position in your life. And so there are channels, I guess, or there are certain avenues in which we can study. And to do that, 
you know, first of all, you need to know what the terminology is, what, what it means. Not just what it means to you, but what it means in general. These truths are important to know, especially when you're about your faith, because it's your lifestyle. That's what, that's what you're living. You're living a lifestyle according to Christ. Now, what does that mean? The first thing I want to do is start out trying to understand the origin of Jesus Christ and not necessarily the man, but the name. So, the very first thing is, is that when you hear the word Christ, it almost is like a description in which it is, but it's also, there's so much more to it. Let me just explain, because it just giving it those kind of terms is just going to take longer. So let's get right to the point. Christ means the anointed. Now, anointed is not complicated, but it is what is done in Jewish tradition. And you can go back into the Old Testament. I'll give you a couple references. The first reference that is right at the top of my head is when Samuel anointed David as a boy or a young man with oil. And he kept the oil inside of a horn of, a, of an animal, probably a bull. And in the horn, he kept like a lid over it, I guess. And then when the time came, he had that ready, pressed oil, probably olive oil. And then when he found David, and you can go read the story, Samuel found him, he poured the horn of oil on top of his head and anointed him as the chosen one to be king over Israel. Now, this is important to know, you know, what what this means, and it is uh, to be chosen and to be anointed is to be chosen by God. In other words, that's how it was done. Now, there's more to that, but I don't want to try to confuse anybody, and that's something I want you to look up and find out for yourself what that's all about. The other thing is that here, Christ the 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 word itself it means the anointed or the anointed one now in greek is where the word actually to some degree comes from and then also in latin so at the time the, the language at the time in rome in the roman empire you have a lot of languages but because of alexander the great he brought Greek culture, which is also the Greek language. Now, Greek is what the Old Testament is written about, or what is the language that it's written. Now, Greek for Christ is Christos. Now, Christos is spelled with a K, K-H-R-I-S-T-O-S, Christos. But in Latin... It's spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S. Christos. So this is where Christ is actually the, it is the rendition that we know today that is spoke in English. And so where we get Christ from is from the Greek and the Latin, which is, has been, that language has been used for a long, for at least a couple thousand years. And then we have it develop into into modern English, which is Christ. Now, 
we think that it ends there, but it doesn't. Because even that is a translation from Semitic or Hebrew. It's it's a it's a translation of the of the word that it means in Hebrew. So the word Messiah is an English word now, but it also has its beginnings. Now Messiah means deliverer, savior, or liberator. Okay, you kind of get the point. So in the Semitic Aramaic, and I'm not not going to get into the reason why Jews speak two languages, Aramaic and Hebrew, long story, but they do, okay? It's Old Testament stuff. If you know what I'm talking about, then good. If not, go back and read it. Now, Semitic Aramaic, it's Mashiach. Now, in Hebrew, it's Moshiach. Now, this is an interesting fun fact that kind of goes with this. Moses' name in Hebrew is Moshi. Now, when you look at Moshiach, it makes sense because who was Moses? He was the one who delivered the children of Israel and led them out of Egypt. So, I thought that was an interesting comparison. But Moses, if you go back and you read in and when he died and what the people said about him, that... There was another. There wasn't another person like him. Uh, again, because of 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 how receiving the Torah, writing down the Torah. I mean, he was a very God chosen for a very special thing. The Hebrews actually gained their identity through the obedience of Moses. Now, from um, Mashiach to Moshiach in Greek, it is translated into. Messias, which also means anointed one. Okay. So from Moshiach, Moshiach, to Greek, Messias, to Christos, Greek and Latin, and then to Old English, it's Christ. And then to modern day English, it is Christ. Now, this is very interesting in this progression because a lot of us don't really think about that. And the more you think about this aspect of the word Christ, just the word itself, not necessarily the meaning, and how far it came in translations to our ears, into our reading, into the, the Bible, the written and printed Bible that we read today, it's not an accident, because I truly believe that God allowed the Roman Empire to occupy Judea, which is not its name. That's what the Romans gave it, Judea. But it's basically Palestine. Now, because that area is the promised land of the Jews, of the Israelites, the ones that follow God, it's very, very, very important to understand that, that this is what this is to. The people that, that all of this and in the, in the history of the Bible is what this history and this happenings in real time and all this was unfolding. It's meant for the believer, God's people. Now, 
I want you to try to, co- to connect what I just said and how I explained to you the origins of the word Christ. Now, we had to go back quite a ways, and we had to actually go into a couple different languages and, and then translate it and then end up with what the final outcome is. So what do we say? Why are we Christians? Why are we called Christians? When somebody asks me that, I have to kind of take them through this language translation and this 2,000-year-old story. But the Bible makes it very clear. Now, when you say Christian, what are you saying? You're saying it's a derivative, but Christ, it is the anointed one. It is the Messiah, the deliverer, savior, liberator. It is the Moshiach or the Mashiach. So when we say Christian or we say Christ, what are we saying? We're saying deliverer, savior, liberator, Moshiach. That's what we're saying. So we're not saying that we are Christ and we're not saying that we're the liberators. Okay. So Christian is a it's another way of saying who we serve. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 it reads, "We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God." You know, that's that's important to try to understand. And it made a lot of sense to me. I know the scriptures. I know the story. Heard it a million times being in church as a kid and growing up. And you hear these messages over and over and over. Now, it's important that we know who we serve. So what we're carrying is the words of liberation the words of freedom, in whom gave the words Jesus himself. So Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, the chosen one of God, the Lamb of God, the name in itself brings a gigantic Old Testament meaning. The Messiah, the Moshiach, whom the Jews were waiting for, for the liberation to be saved from their oppressors, from sin. And now now there's a gigantic narrative that I am going to teach what that means. But here, what we're talking about now is the name and how Christ came about. Now, what we hear today, we say Jesus Christ we are i don't think we really truly understand the worth and the meaning of his name now the name of jesus itself god gave us power through his name that's obvious and evident but to describe who he is the anointed one the chosen one the deliverer this makes we do. This makes all the sense in the world to me. When I put all of this together, 
I started to realize that just in the name Christ, in the name the anointed one chosen, the Moshiach, it brought the whole Old Testament forward in one man, Jesus Christ. Now, I hope you get what I'm saying. Now, of course, I believe that God sent his son, Jesus Christ. Of course, I believe that Jesus was a God-man. Of course, that. I mean, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying, when I say a man, I'm saying that in one man, that's how the Bible says it, okay? Where Adam failed, Jesus didn't. That's what I'm, that's how I'm saying that. So the point I'm trying to make is, is when we hear that name, we are hearing something that has so much meaning, but only one word, Christ. Nobody can be called Christ. Now, people may call themselves that, but it doesn't mean that's who they are. Now, Jesus proved it throughout the the New Testament and the four Gospels that he has proven, and it shows how much of the people have seen and how many believed and how many didn't, which is amazing to believe, to even believe that the people couldn't believe or didn't believe, didn't want to. But the ones that did, the, those are the ones that became the first church. They were Jews. When you say Moshiach to a Jew, that is the one that they have been waiting for. That's the one that the scriptures have been talking about all throughout the Torah. Not only is the Torah the law, okay, but it talks about the coming Savior. It talks about the one that is going to liberate them. Now, if you take a look at the history of the Old Testament, it is literally a king that is instituted into the kingdom of Israel, and that they just don't seem to be able to do the job. David is the only one that came close to doing the job, but he couldn't hold it. He died. And so his son Solomon took over. He took Israel at the top of its glory, its riches, and its fame, and militaristic power, and its influence, and its religiosity. So you have an amazing transfer of power to Solomon. But Israel goes through four major exiles throughout the Old Testament. And so this is something I think that we need to take note, that we have seen and read throughout history that kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. This is why Jesus is representing a kingdom that will never fall. It will never fade away. It will never be conquered. It will, oh, it's an everlasting kingdom. And so he will reign forever. Now, this is important to know. This is what Jews believe. Okay, they believe what we believe too. We, do, we can't get this mixed up and our wires crossed here because they believe the exact same thing. They just don't believe that, well, certain Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. They don't believe that he is the Messiah. But then there are a lot of Jews who do. Now, the difference between a Christian and a Messianic Jew is that they continue to observe the feasts. Okay? Orthodox Jews continue to observe the law. That's, that's why I'm saying that the, the name is very important to understand. It, it is extremely important to know where the origins of the name came from.
And it's not just so that we can say just a name, but it has deep, rich history in the Old Testament, exactly who Jesus is, his description. You know, there is a pile of scriptures, a pile of scriptures that I can go into, and it would take me weeks to go through every single one and explain every one of them in the progression and how it was given. Now, the way that the Old Testament books or the the Tanakh is arranged and how we see it in the 66 books of the canon of Scripture, like this, let's just say, for instance, the King James Bible, is not the same order it's in in the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh. It's not. Not that that makes a difference, but the point I'm making is, is is that their belief in the Messiah is the same. And so when we read... We read it in a succession and how we understand this is another Western idea or an idea of how we see things literally in literature, literary, okay, in writings and how we explain storytelling and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's something that, that we do. But the point still remains. The information is still there that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Now, we overuse that word, Christ, a lot. But the meaning when you say Christ, if you say Moshiach to a Jew, they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, well, hold on a second. And then all of a sudden it becomes a debate or it becomes a point of interest. So when somebody says Christ now to us, we know who they're talking about. But we really only understand it from a New Testament perspective. And this is something that we need to get past as Christians. We need to get past this this kind of like topical aspect of of the of the name, okay. When we when we are able to do that, then we can understand the deep history of Moshiach. I cannot stress this enough, because a lot of what Jesus did in his ministry was the culmination of the Old Testament or the Tanakh. It was the the fruit of the prophecies coming forth and manifesting themselves in truth in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice. You see, and this is why this is important. Now, you could look at it other ways if you'd like to, but when you call yourself a Christian, you are carrying the the, the Hebrew Bible in the name and the message that it culminated in the New Testament when Jesus was born, when he came to of age, and then when he started to ministry, and then when he died on the cross, and then he resurrected on the third day, you are saying, I am an ambassador of a long time prophecy coming, a prophecy being fulfilled, and then now the words of that prophecy being fulfilled in a God-man like Jesus. I am saying his words to you because I am a Christian. You get me now? This is Frank's Bible study. Pastor Frank. Amen.